Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. We are live here at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners booth at the Shale Energy Resources Trade Show Conference 2021 here at the Midland Horseshoe Pavilion. We are very excited, very honored, and very grateful to have Texas Railroad Commissioner Jim Wright with us here, who just got done speaking up on stage now, are you out of Austin, Texas? No, sir. I, I, I have a place in Austin because of the office that, I, that I'm in. But I actually live on a ranch about 50 miles west of Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, beautiful country. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about what you spoke on today and what's going on in the Railroad Commissioner's office. You know, the, we, we've had a lot of things that's happening this year uh, that surrounds the Railroad Commission. And most of those are stemming from the winter storm URI. And a lot of the bills that were created from that, and, and, I'm, and I'm proud to say that legislature has recognized that uh, it, it wasn't so much that the winterization would be a huge economic impact to provide uh, fuel for for electrical generation, but that they recognized that we need to do better about planning for those events. And so uh, there, there were some rules that were passed, SB3 being the main one that uh, now uh, mandates that we figure out how to map and identify those critical sources and make sure that they're available during those, those large extreme winter events. That, not that we may not see another one again, but I think, uh, I think that as population increases, industry continues to increase here in Texas, especially what we've seen here lately with a lot of out-of-state people moving. Our demand on our grid is be gonna be coming even more and, and I think that's going to prove across the board that we're going to have to identify and make sure that we have electricity that's reliable there for everyone. When I was driving down here listening to all the air conditioners going here in the 110 degree heat yesterday, <laughs> it reminded me of Chicago, which almost happened what happened in Texas last summer. Yes, sir. Because in some of the northern states, we start kicking up our air conditioners and that can overload the grid that we're not used to. And so this is becoming more and more of a problem, I think, than people probably realize. Well, I think, I think if you look at the example out in California. and Cal great one. Yeah, yeah. California uh, really embraced uh, the renewable energy side where, where they criticized what, what they felt like the oil and gas industry was comp uh, doing to our environment. And, and, and from that, since that, those sources, the technology on wind and solar are not really up to par, I don't think yet, they, they've experienced the same thing that I think that we're going to start seeing here in Texas. You know, and, and that's the reason I, when I spoke this morning, I think it's so important that we start figuring out better ways to, to make sure that we're cognizant of what we're doing to the environment, but to also provide that resource to, to a, uh, a generation's uh, projects that, that would be reliable as far as electrical generation. But I also think that, you know, if we're going to go and, and try to create that, that we, we capture our emissions and, and, uh, and maybe we need to look at being, uh, being qualified for some tax subsidies so that we can make sure that that, that electricity is there for what, what our future is going to be here in Texas. Well, one thing I would like every elected official to know is that from my understanding, between 50 and 60 percent of every city's grid is hospitals and emergency services. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take a look at California, that is probably Americans' test model of this next mm -hmm. generation yes. we're going into. Mm -hmm. But we can go to Germany, who's been, you know, just been 
brought pedestalized of this great green you know a country going all green well they had to fire up the coal plants again and they're burning forests you actually have protesters now protesting against the green movement because of hundred year old forests so there's actually several templates that a lot of elected officials can look at. We're no longer in speculation time here. No, you're exactly right. So how, how can we get them to understand that? Well, I, you know, I th- again, I think that uh, when you look at Texas and, and what we get cr- criticized for every day as far as our industry is concerned and our agency is allowing the, the flaring that, that people think is happening. And, and I will say that Texas has uh, lots more oil and gas wells than any other state in this country. And that our flaring is actually down to less than 0.5%. That's less than 1% as compared to other other states that are a lot greater than that. And, and they're greater because there's really not a market for them to economically get to. Right. Which is some of the things that we have occurring here in Texas. So, you know, I think the answer to flaring and, and the answer to, to continuing to embrace uh, betterment of our environment is, is marketing. You know, how do we create more of a market? And what does that market look like for our people here in Texas? And, and again, I go back to we need to make sure that, that we have what I, what I refer to. I don't like that word flared gas. I like to call it stranded gas, that it could be utilized for electrical generation because we know that problem is coming. It's, it's going to happen. So I, I think that we, we do have a time. We do have a good window now where everybody, I don't care where you're from or what side you're on, when you're sitting at home in 110 degree heat and you don't have electricity or you're sitting at home when it's zero degrees and you don't have electricity, everybody wants to find a good solution for that. And I think that oil and gas is the one that rises to the top there. And, and I think that we just need to figure out a way of how that works better for the consumer and, and how, do we, you know, how do we create that in a, in a real reliable way. Are you guys involved with this EV vehicle push at all? Does that reach it all the way to your office? No, sir. We don't. Okay. We don't have anything to do with so that. So you're not overseeing that, okay? No. All right. So we won't get into that because mm. I, I do want to ask a little bit about this whole. I will. Yeah. I will say this about oh, that sure. though: yeah. is uh, we had a company that wants wanted to move into Texas that creates uh, lithium for batteries. Okay. And uh, they were discouraged if they had to fall under the rules of of our counterpart, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality. And, and I felt like it was important. Again, as I said in my speech earlier, I want to embrace, embrace all sources of, of energy uh, as long as it's good for the consumer. And, and I'm not convinced that the technology is there on other sources, what I call renewable, that, that is necessarily good, as you see in Germany, for the consumer. Uh, but when, when you look at, when you look at the, uh, the, the impact that... that uh, we're having on on the environment or that people think we're having on the environment i just don't i don't i don't think that's there but i think we can improve and i and, and i think we can move forward well i i often get on my i often get on my uh oil drum every now and then when it comes to wind we don't get political on this show but i do on wind energy because uh you know I, and again i grew up in farming and so I, i'm very aware of uh the grocery store replacing the farmer. I came from publishing, so I know how the internet replaced the media and, and, and bloggers and podcasters, the whole deal, you know. And right now, the oil and gas and coal worker are being replaced by the light switch. It's, it's like really that cut and dry almost. So when, when I take a look at what's going on in this 
EV vehicle revolution. I got some concerns on that because we're in a little bit of the planet of platitudes. When we take a look at what wind energy, I still believe the farmers from 150 years ago were more efficient with wind energy than we are today. From my understanding, a lot of places still don't have the reclamation or the recycling figured out for these these wind turbines, which is now a new problem that we're going to kick down the, the line. Go ahead. Well, you know, if you look at uh, wind energy and you look at what our demand is today in the grid, I mean, this 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 is written in a lot of different places. It is a fact. If we said, okay, we agree, uh, natural gas, coal, and nuclear are horrible. We're going to rely strictly on wind or solar you would have to put a windmill on about every 0.74 acres in Texas just to even get close to our demand today. So whenever I ask people, what is what is really worse for the environment? Something like that magnitude, I think, would change wind direction, not not to mention all those things that you just brought up. You know, th- those things don't last forever. Where do we put that? How do we, There is no recycling of it. People have attempted that, so they're being buried, you know, in a... Yeah. That, that is a lot of lot of stuff to deal with. I think that's more harmful to the environment than anything we have today. But again, I, I think there's a place for that, but it, but it has to make economic sense, and it's got to be cognizant on the environment as is we, we have to be. The other part about the wind energy that people don't talk about is they've almost extinct the Golden Eagle in the Southwest. The Obama administration had to sign Uh, an executive order so that wind energy companies would not get sued because so many eagles were getting knocked out of the sky so the 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 energy company was getting sued at the end of the day so i I remember looking at that executive order saying i understand it but wow how did we get to this point and then this germany when now they're finding out 80 percent of the insect and and bat and bird populations are being decimated and guess what farmers need those Bats pollinate. Yes. Bats are a main economic. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's an economic indicator in every. You go to every county USA, and someone in some county will tell you the economic impact of a bat. Not a bird. They don't care about birds, but bats they do. I agree with that. You know. So, I, I think again that that renewable energy it, it it has a place, but 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 I think it needs to be where it's it's good for the consumer. And right now with the tax subsidies that it's receiving. If people really knew the truth behind that, it's not good for the consumer because its cost at the end of the day is eight times more than what our reliable energy sources are. It's just I don't know that people are educated enough to understand it. And that's one of the things that I think is important coming out of my office is that education process. Solar, I think, has a future, but I think that we're going the wrong direction there. I've been hearing about the terawatt storage for 10 years now, so now that I know more about the rare earth minerals and the mining, I, I just... I got to go back to my crazy idea from five, ten years ago when I said, honestly, the best way to make solar work is every city has to mandate that you build a house facing south with windows. I go, until you do that, solar cannot even be competitive mm-hmm. to, to use it for that passive sun. And to honestly see a municipality do that or a state or a government, I, I don't ever see that happening because that's like dictator control at that point well until we can come up with a good economical way of storing that energy to use you know at a later time uh, which is not definitely not here yet but that's where a lot of that lithium comes into and 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 the lithium that we use in battery production today here in the states the states actually produce one percent of that the rest of that comes from foreign countries foreign countries that if they saw how that was produced 
is horrible for our environment. Mm -hmm. The lithium company that I talked about earlier actually is looking at extracting it out of saltwater formations from underneath the ground, which is a very clean way of doing it. That's very interesting. That's the reason I wanted them to come to Texas. I'd like to see that if we're going to look at and that technology improve in the battery side, it ought to be it ought to start here in Texas. So I, the reason I brought up the EV vehicles as well is that in the last uh, budget or money, Biden money, they had, a, I don't know what to call it anymore because everybody has these words and I, and I totally even forgot what it's called is executive budget, presidential budget. There's more money for EV vehicles than there is roads and bridges. Yeah, and that's I mean, concerning uh, to me. You bet. Because if, if you guys aren't overseeing EV vehicles, well, you're going to get left hooked and then right hooked. Yeah, you know, the, there's a lot of people making lots of money off those tax taxes that are allowed for that now, and Elon Musk is a very good example of that. Well, you know, I, no taxes. Uh, you know, I think that most of that wealth is created off just tax dollars, tax I subsidies. I agree. Um, I did want to mention one thing about, well, I'm on my oil drum real quick before I step down and we talk about uh, uh, climate tax and also about some good old barbecue recipes, is that I do believe... And I've said this for the last five years, and I'm going to continue because I've, I've got a gentleman who can actually make some changes out there if he agrees, mm-hmm. is that um, solar and wind have had 20 to 30 years of substantial subsidies from the federal and state governments, and they have not hit their milestones. Not ours, theirs. They haven't hit their milestones. So to give them more money is the definition of crazy. Now, if you actually just took half of it, just half, and gave it to the natural gas world, I couldn't even imagine what these smart, clever capitalists would do. These guys are sleeping well, on well you know, sites, mining Bitcoin and coming up yeah. with super plastics and all kinds of things. That, Go ahead. That's one of the things that we've seen at the agency, too, is, is on the Bitcoin mining and those kind of things. But, it, you know, the energy is just not there. The, the wiring's not there. The generation is not there. But when you look at uh, some of the things I talked about today in my speech, and, and you're right, oil and gas industry can be very creative, and we move fast. Uh, so when when you look at Texas and its abandoned pipeline system, you would be shocked of how many abandoned pipelines we actually have in the state. I'm talking about pipelines that are in six-inch diameter or greater that are going to markets that, that need that uh, uh, electricity, Houston, Dallas, mm-hmm. Valley, San Antonio, Austin, the big metroplexes, there's, there's abandoned pipelines that are going to those now. And that's, that's, that's where our, our, my market sustainability task force is working on to see if we couldn't resurrect those and possibly use that, that flared gas dedicated for electrical generation and then through that electrical generation process do a CO, CO2 sequestration plan with it and, and, and then lobby the feds that we are a closed-loop system. We have nothing affecting our environment, and it's good for the people, and economics makes sense. But, but we need those tax subsidies, and let's start comparing what that is versus wind and solar. Because you're right, they've had 20, 30 years, and they've come really nowhere. That's right, and they're not hitting their milestones. That's just it. I mean, how can you keep giving the same money to the same people and they're not hitting what they're hitting but I, I did want to mention too we just had Michael Regan on uh, he was up in the Bach and, and they mentioned they were doing uh, some carbon sequestration down in Texas here that North Dakota is now modeling after um, so it's nice to see that this, there's some synergisticness being done with some salute this to me is the oil and gas and, and industry it's 
we've been solving problems for a long time and this whole we've been decarbonizing since Abe Lincoln was in office 150 years you go back when we were burning wooden hay and then we went to Wales and then we went to you know what I mean and then we went to uh, uh, coal and kerosene and we're down to what four hydrocarbons now that's pretty damn clean man that's pretty clean yes sir and to jump on a People like to do this, jump on a movement and profit off it. And that's, I think, a lot of that is going on because we have been decarbonizing. It's kind of like when Y2K yeah, you know, came around. A lot, of those, a lot of those profits that you're seeing coming out of Wall Street today are all based on tax subsidies. Of course. And, and, uh, and that's, that's not a, I don't think that's a good place for us to be. You know, you talked about North Dakota a little bit earlier on their, on their CO2 secret yes. station projects. North Dakota is a little bit different situation than Texas is because they're not they don't have a market necessarily surrounding them. their market that's surrounding them or are, uh, are not allowing pipelines to be built to get their gas to a market so they they're they're really forced to have to do something in that regard because they don't have anywhere for that gas to go and in fact I had a great conversation with a guy that heads up the oil and gas for North Dakota the other day and Lee I told him yes Lee and I told him, I said, you know, we need to we need to work on this plan of these tax subsidies so that we can utilize this gas in, in electrical generation because Texas and other states are having the same issues. Population is not going backwards. It's going forwards. Mm-hmm. Industry is not going backwards. It's going forward. So our demand will continue. That's consistent. How are we going to address that in the future to where the economics work better for the consumer? Well, I would like to see tax dollars being spent today rather than giving it to a f- problem that doesn't exist in the future. I mean, we're, that's what I mean. We're spending more time on the future you than know, we you, are on the present. One of the things that just struck me, uh, I, I just I couldn't hardly believe, is when the current administration re-entered the Paris Climate Agreement. And at the end of the day, I want folks to know what the Paris Climate Agreement really means is, America, we want you to give us your, your tax dollars that you're going to be taxing, your people that are putting any type of emissions off in the atmosphere because we want your money. And, and for that, we'll promise to try to get other people under the Paris Climate Accord. People don't realize the United States leads the world in, in, in emission control. We are, we are the best country in the world for that. Even you said it early, Germany doesn't even compare to, I think, the progress that we've made on a per industrial capita. We, uh, we, we lead that. Mm-hmm. To re-enter that is nothing to, but saying that we're going to give more of our money away to foreign countries. That's, that's what that is. So. I still think we should agree mm-hmm. to Kevin Kramer and right away entered it and said, okay, you guys are going to follow us. Yes. We're doing it right. Yeah. And if they didn't say goodbye, yes. then we're out. Because yeah. take a hold of the narrative, come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we we got to talk about the climate tax. Now, my journalism training tells me that your office cannot come out and make a statement if you're for or against or anything like that. But I believe you can educate a little bit on what a climate tax might do or talk about what a climate tax may bring to the industry. So I'm not quite sure on even if you can discuss it or not, but... I, it's, you it's know, been it out personally, there. I'm I'm not big on any type of tax. You know, I, I am big on on technology and improving that technology to where we we lessen that carbon going off into the atmosphere. But to impose a tax on this industry today, uh, given the natural gas side of it and what those prices are, that's that's not something that promotes what our economics here in Texas really work on. If if we demonize that industry and we start taxing it. 
like we kind of have been, our economy is going to start to suffer. And when you see Texas economy start to suffer, it kind of stagnates across the nation because, uh, you know, t- Texas economy is really built on oil and gas. And, and we pay those people well that are in that industry. They buy a lot of consumer products that are produced here in America. So so I think that taxing that is, is, is not a necessarily good idea. Is it going to happen? Probably so. But, but I think, again, that's something that we, we need to stand up and fight. If, there, if we're going to start involving taxes and tax subsidies and all, the, all those government regulations that are going to come with that, then we need to be in the middle of that also fighting for ourselves to get our share of that tax subsidy as long as we're being responsible with it. So there are some people that have argued that a climate tax is just going to trickle down to the poor very quickly trickle down tax yeah, of course it will it does so you know the rich and the the, the rich mm-hmm. will never feel it the you know the the middle class rich eventually will but it'll take mm-hmm. a while but the poor and middle class right away right and, it, away. and that is a big part of educating people and that's why i've been so high on creating that educational task force that's why i asked texas legislator this year to in next legislative session next budget budgeting cycle to please give us the money to start an education process on what oil and gas really is and what it really does for Texas and what is what the heck our agency does for Texas. You know, we're the oldest agency in, in the state. We're also the biggest economic driving agency in the state. Uh, so I, I think it's really important that educating people on what all that means for them is, 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 is got to be done. <laughs> Well, we should probably wrap up here, but I should mention that uh, a week from Friday, so a week from tomorrow, I'm going to be up on stage emceeing the Bakken Barbecue for the ninth year uh, for Make-A-Wish this year again. Love uh, present, you know, we bring the kids up on stage and everybody feels about inch high, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? These kids have got more courage than we've got in our pinky, right? I, I agree. <laughs> and this year we're going to also honor first responders. Uh, Miss Teen North Dakota is going to be up on stage talking about mental health. She's from Watford City, so she's from the oil patch. And we're just it's a big hoopla. We have a great time. Uh, we expanded seven more cookers, so it's going to be close to 50 cookers this year. It's a big community event. Do you got any recipes, any barbecue tips, you know, slow and steady wins the race or what? <laughs> Actually, I, I do. You know, I... Right. I, uh, I, I I, I can tell you how simple my, my barbecuing is, and, and, it's, and, and it's a very uh, sensitive subject, I think, every Texan here in, here, in, here in the state. But, you know, I, I had a guy teach me a few years ago. He said he had brought a $35 Weber grill, a round one, and uh, he'd been winning a lot of barbecue cook-offs down in South Texas, and that's all he would bring to those cook-offs was that Weber grill. So he came to my ranch one, one day, and he said, I'm going to show you how to cook barbecue because I was the old traditional you got a you got a, uh, a firebox and you you have your barbecue pit and, and you cook your meat that kind of thing. He said, "Nah." He said, "That expensive barbecue pit you got over there." He said, "Just junk it." Yeah. He said, "Go buy a thirty-five dollar Weber grill." He said, "And buy you some some coal, some mesquite coal." And he said, "Put that coal around the sides of of the grill and light one end." He said, "That'll make the best barbecue you ever had." And he made me barbecue that day. So ever since then, when I barbecue. That's the way I barbecue, and, and I've got to—I've got to admit, it's—it was better than what I used to make, and that's a family tradition for us every Sunday. So barbecuing is 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 big for us here in Texas. <laughs> no kidding, that sound—you know who that sounds like? Are you familiar with Junior Urias? No, I'm not. So Junior Urias 
is the owner of Up and Smoke Barbecue. Okay, he was I've in Midland, Texas. Yes. He just moved mm-hmm. early uh, last month. Uh-huh. Okay, and he started out basically as a hall behind barbecue guy, going out to ra- you know oil, yeah. oil pad oil ra- wells and everything like well pads and cheese. Day's getting early already, <laughs> and uh, he grew it into a brick and mortar. Okay, so g- great American story, that sort of thing. He ended up on, uh, is it the Travel Channel or the Lifetime? Anyway, the one that had uh, yeah. Byron Mixon. Yes. So he, he won it. He won it with a Weber grill. Yeah. It, his, his big expensive thing malfunctioned, and he had to run and get a Weber grill. And here he won the national TV's competition on a Weber grill. Yeah, I, I, I was amazed when this guy showed me that and how good that barbecue was. And that's what we cook on every day now. Again, it makes you feel about an inch tall, doesn't it? Yes. Like, oh, boy. Well, thank you so much for coming on here seriously we appreciate the accessibility the time we're very grateful thank Just you for right having now, me on the show right now accessibility and information are, are what people need and so thank you i agree thank you